In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing lessons learned from a church shooting. Stand by. Hi, this is Chris with the Sheepdog Church Security Academy, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, The 1988 Calvary Baptist Church Shooting. If you would like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible, as we always do. This one is Proverbs 6, verse 34, and it reads like this. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. A good verse for us today because this this attack against this church was a result of vengeance, was a result of uh, somebody who felt like they had been wronged by this woman. And um, this one actually fits very nicely into um, what was found in the latest report on active shooter situations that a percentage of these people are in fact um, I, I don't the only term I know how to use is well let me say it this way I'm trying to figure out how to say this softly as possible um, are men that are do not attract women and so there's slang for that um, and it's not mean but it could be mean but basically men that have been rejected by women continue to be rejected by women and oftentimes they become extremely hateful lots of vengeance lots of jealousy in them so that's what we're going to be talking about today <clears throat> before we continue I am going to remind you to share this show with uh, this program with your team and so that way you guys next time you get together you can talk about you know, the lessons learned and how they might be applied at your church. All right, so let's get into this. An explosive return. It was a Sunday morning, March 6, 1988, in Emporia, Kansas. The worship service at the Calvary Baptist Church was in progress. The singing of Like a River Glorious was interrupted. A man with a duffel bag had come through the side door, put on ear protection, and pulled out a handgun. An usher turned toward him to offer a bulletin, but was answered with gunfire. Um, the shot missed the usher as he ducked behind a pillar. The assailant fired more shots into the sanctuary, hitting five persons. One of the five wounded um, was a deacon who died with a bullet wound to the heart. Um, others were shot at, but not wounded. <clears throat> when the magazine was empty, the shooter tried to reload. Ironically, there was another weapon in the bag that had a full uh, magazine inserted. inserted. Um, a church member, Jerry Waddell, took advantage of this lull, charging the shooter. The assailant turned and ran for the door and into the street. Waddell threw a hymnal at him, hitting him in the back of the head, then tackled him. Two other men joined in holding the shooter down, one taking the gun away. The downed assailant asked something like, <clears throat> don't you know me? Um, this ended the shooting. The 29-year-old killer was an immigrant from Taiwan, the son of a police officer. Um, he had served in the Tai Taiwanese army. He came to the United States to further his education. In 1984, he graduated from Emporia State University with a master's in business administration. Um, in 1983, he met a young woman in, a, in Emporia um, through her work. 
and attended two Bible classes with her and also attended a few services with her. Um, he was infatuated with her and asked her to marry him and go with him to Taiwan to care for his aging parents. She declined. After graduating, he went to work um, in California. Um, he also briefly lived and worked on the East Coast. All this time, the sting of rejected marriage proposal festered. His resentment fell, um, fell on her church, the very conservative, independent Baptist church, which he blamed for her not marrying him. Even without her testimony, we can still say it appears that she did not marry him because he was not a Christian and she did not want to be unequally yoked. Um, same may think, um, some may think over brooding over the rejection as a sign of mental illness. However, it's common for young men to take romantic um, disappointment very hard, even when there's no interest um, from the other person. Many times it is an obsession which is um, broken only by a new relationship. Right now, we do not know any other romantic interest this man may have had in those four years he lived elsewhere. News stories did not uh, name the woman, but did say she married someone else and was still living in Emporia at the time of the shooting. Um, the shooter may have thought she would have been at the church when he arrived um, to experience his revenge. Apparently, she was there. Okay, so one person died, the deacon. Other uh, wounded personnel recovered from their injury. Uh, Jerry Waddell, of course, was hailed as a hero for stopping the shooter. Um, it seems providential that the assailant, a military veteran, forgot the second loaded weapon and tried to reload the first. This gave um, someone some time to rush them, and, uh, and so the lessons learned. Okay, so lessons learned. First of all, this is 1988. So safety ministries were really not a thing, especially for medium-sized to small churches. You know, maybe mega churches had armed security or hired security to work, but for the most part, um, safety teams did not exist. So we want to realize that everything we're going to say is not really calling this church out. It's more of what can we do. So the lessons learned here is, are, are some are pretty obvious, right? The existence of a safety team can make all the difference in this scenario because they're paying attention and watching who's coming in, who's coming out. Now, we've talked many times about locking exterior doors and even during services and then have somebody monitor like the main doors. And so that way, if someone is showing up late, the door can be open for them. They can be greeted. They could be, you know, and allowed into the sanctuary, all that kind of good stuff. And that's really the best way to do it. You know, depending on the size of your church, having signs on side doors that say, you know, go to the main door, you know, during services, go to the main door or however you do it. So one of the campuses I used to work at, it had three doors that people came in. And that's exactly what we did is after the service started, we would close those doors, which were already locked. We'd close those doors and we had little signs to put on it that says, you know, enter through the main doors, you know, the main entrance. And so that was what we did. And so that's a good practice. And then that main entrance is being monitored not only by greeters, but safety team is in that lobby and also paying attention. So in the case of this guy coming up, he would have come to the side door. It would have been locked. It would have told him to go to the main entrance. He would have gone to the main entrance then. And while he's standing there, if, depending on who you have a team member or you have a greeter, this guy's coming in late and he's carrying a duffel bag. That's a sign, right? Now, 
Just because somebody's carrying a bag doesn't mean it has a gun in it or a bomb in it or anything like that, but they're showing up late. They have a duffel bag. What does this mean? It should hopefully at least trigger a, we need to look at this a little bit closer, right? So if it's a door greeter, hopefully they're calling security over to take a look or the safety team over to take a look. And now he's coming in and we're engaging him hopefully. Welcome, how are you doing? And, you know, are you new to the church here, you know, and do you need any assistance, you know, for where to go or whatever, that kind of thing? And while they're interacting with you, somebody who's planning on shooting is going to have additional signs. Not 100% of the time, but most of the time, 99% of the time, there's going to be other things. There's going to be profuse sweating. They might have, their face might be um, flush or it might be pale. You know, we might see some fidgeting. We might hear something in the tone of their voice. Maybe it's breaking. Maybe it's high because, you know, they're under a lot of stress. There might be other signs how they're clutching the bag, all this kind of stuff are all signs to that. Also paying attention, a team that's paying attention. You know, I'd like to think that if somebody opened up a bag and we watched them open up a bag and he pulled out hearing protection, started putting hearing protection in, that would get that would get our attention. Now we don't see what kind of hearing protection, but when I first read it, I thought about the big ones we, we tend to wear. Certainly, if somebody came in and put those on, I'd be like, okay, what in the world is going on here? We, we've seen that. And then, you know, engage that person and seeing, looking for those additional signs. And then, of course, as they reach into their bag and pull out a gun, if you've been paying attention all along and you hadn't engaged him for whatever reason, you're certainly on a, you're not being caught off guard. You're watching it unfold right in front of your eyes and hopefully you can take action quickly um, before there's too many casualties. So those are the two main things. Um, one thing I want to touch on a little bit is some churches have chosen to develop policies about bringing in bags. Um, and I can see how that could be a, a good um, policy to have. Um, my only caution for that is this. If you are going to develop that kind of policy where you're not permitting bags to come in unless they're open, you know, unless they're searched or those kind of things, make sure that you're enforcing that equally across the board. So if you're looking into purses, you're looking into everybody's purse. If you're looking in, in bags, duffel bags and backpacks, then you're looking in everyone's bags. Because what you can get slung up on is this, is if you just randomly enforce it, um, it's gonna, that's something that could come back and bite you. Especially if it looks like you're doing it against a protected class, um, then you're definitely going to have some major problems. So make sure if you have a policy like that, you're enforcing it across the board. So basically, this was a tragic situation. It ended well in, well... I know it's weird to say that, but, you know, Waddell was, was ready to act. And he did take some great action. Um, now, chasing him outside, um, that's something else that you guys have to d d decide. Waddell chased him outside. And, you know, that's, that's okay. Um, but just realize that once they're outside, the danger to the sanctuary is over. And... At least if you're going to be going into a lockout scenario, which would make complete sense after that kind of event to keep him out of the building. Um, chasing after him, if you're the only armed person, maybe you should stay back 
in hell. Um, if you're part of a medical response team or you're trained to provide maybe first aid that might includes a tourniquet or something like that, there may be more wisdom in you hanging back. Um, also, too, once you go out there, you've opened yourself up to become his next victim. So they say they got the one gun away, and but they don't say if he had his backpack with the other gun in it. So theoretically, you could have ended up in a shootout out there. And um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, it's, it's often a numbers game and where you can be the most help and catching the guy might not be the most important thing at that time. Protecting people and keeping them safe and providing medical aid might be a higher priority. Um, so that's basically it. Really the way they did not fail, if you will, in any way. Um, but today we certainly could fail. So if this happened again today, so that was 1988, if this happened today in 2023, then the response would be, why didn't they have a safety team, right? We have to have safety teams. We have to be paying attention. We have to control traffic, especially during the service, you know, re, you know, putting people to, making people enter into one singular door or maybe a couple set of doors, depending on the size of your facility, and then making sure we're monitoring that kind of stuff. So that's it. Pretty short one today. But, um, you know, it's, it, I, I hope you found that it's good information, something to talk to your team about. If you're leaving side doors open, maybe this is a discussion, this is an event you need to bring up. If your team is just sitting in the sanctuary and they're not actually patrolling, this might be a good one to bring up because we have to be doing both of those things. Other than that, thank you so much for joining us today. Share this video, comment it. Like it, love it, whatever you can. Um, so other people will be, the video will be suggested to other people. Um, it's also been a long time since people on iTunes and other podcast providers have uh, given any sort of review. I think the last one was in 2019. So if you use a pod, one of those podcast platforms, I would love it if you'd go on there, give it a thumbs up, give it a positive review um, because it's the same thing on iTunes and everywhere else, Spotify is the more likes it receives, the more that platform will suggest it to other people. So I just ask you to do that. Other than that, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.